Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This first message in our Dwell series focuses on how God dwells with man in the Garden of Eden. When we think about, when we think about dwell, often what comes to mind is thinking about uh, a home, right? So it's a, it's a dwelling uh, or, or, being, or being at home. And so there's a little house uh, in the branding and the the lights on in the house and the doors open. It's like you're welcome to come, and and that's kind of the idea of this series. Is as we want to talk about from now through Christmas, we want to talk about how God has made His home with us, and that we have been created by God to be at home with Him. And so there's a there's a bunch of different places uh, that we get in the Bible that shows how. Uh, how God made his home with us, and we're going to walk through those uh, during this series. And so we're going to start with the Garden of Eden, that's the very beginning, uh, then we're going to talk about the tabernacle and the temple, uh, so that's kind of a, a middle period uh, in church history. Then we are going to talk about uh, Jesus, hopefully that's not a shock, no one's surprised. Uh, we're going to talk about Jesus, uh, then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, and then we're going to finish up the series uh, talking about uh, how, how God, at the end times, so right at the very end, when God, God comes back, when Jesus comes back, uh, so out of the book of Revelation. So that's where we're going, all the different ways that God can dwell with us. So, like I said, this is, a, is about us feeling at home with God. So I wanted to find the word home, not that we don't know what it means, but because there's such interesting words in the definition. So the place where one lives permanently, especially as part of a family. It's the place where one lives permanently, especially as part of a family. So the two things that I want to highlight from this definition are permanently and then part of a family. Because that's the idea. That's the idea behind being a follower of Jesus. Right? So when, when we receive the gift of grace that Jesus has offered to us, then we permanently become part of God's family. Has anybody ever heard that before? It, it, it described like that, that that as you receive the gift of grace that Jesus has offered to us, we permanently become a part of God's family. We are adopted into the family of God. We are brothers and sisters with Jesus. Which is by definition, quite literally, that means we're at home with God. And, and it means, because that's what home feels like, that anytime we're outside of that, anytime we're outside of what feels like the family of God, we don't feel like we're at home and we feel uneasy. We feel like something's off a bit. 
Because it's actually, it's the definition. I think that's pretty cool. So, as we're, as we're thinking through this, one of the things I want us to think about is how, how do we behave at home? Right? What are you like at home? Is anybody, here, here's what I do when I get home. I vaguely say hello to the humans. You with me? Because the first thing I want to do is I want to change into comfortable clothes. Who's with me? Who, who's the first thing you get home, you go in and you change out of your clothes into like sweats and a t-shirt? Anybody? It's just me. Oh, we got a couple. Okay, thank you. Um, because I, I, want, I want to just be comfortable and literally know everybody in my house thinks I'm embarrassing anyway, so it doesn't matter what I wear. <laughs> Except for the dogs. The dogs don't think I'm embarrassing. They love me. Right? But like, I just want to, to, to relax. So how else are we at home? Right now, if you haven't heard of faith walking, faith walking is a, is a class that I just actually finished here last week. I don't even remember. I don't remember. Maybe two weeks ago. Uh, but finished all six modules of it. And it, um, it's something that talks about us becoming fully integrated people, meaning that we're the same at home as we are in public. That's one of the things that we talk about. And, and I am all for that, and I, and I hope that that is true for you. But, I mean, like, when we're at home, we do things we don't do in public, right? Right? Like, I mean, unless you're a middle school boy, you do not fart in public. No offense, middle school boys. We love you, but it's true. Um, and so, like, you just feel so comfortable at home. You can just be you. You do things at home you won't do in other places because you feel at ease. You feel like you belong at home. Yes? And that's exactly how we should be with God. See, because some of us get this confused. Some of us get this confused. So I think this is a really important uh, point for us to hold on to and remember, especially throughout this entire series. But let's get this right today. God is not expecting a perfect version of you. God isn't like, well, get all your stuff together, make sure everything's all buttoned up, you look really nice, and then you can go and pursue a relationship with me. That's not how it works with God. God receives us as we are. Just as we are. He, re he receives us just as we are. And he loves us so much, he's not going to leave us the way that he finds us. Because I don't know about you, but when God found me, I was broken. I was hurting. My life was in shambles. I wasn't going down the wrong road. I wasn't on a road. Like I was an abject disaster. And so God loved me just as he found me. He was there with me in that, and he loved me so much, he brought me to a new place. It wasn't me getting to the new place that made God love me. It was that because God loved me, he took me to a different path. 
And God, that's how he is. And so we can, we can be before God who we truly are. We don't have to hide anything from him. And this is important because he already, he already knows. Right? Now, so that's laying out home. The, the second part of the series is called Dwell. Um, and it's, it's called that on purpose. And this is a word, because it's a word we don't use often, I do want to define, define this word. It's to live or continue in a given condition. Dwell. So it can mean just to spend some more time on a certain thought, or it means to live. Dwell. To live. In our context, over these next few weeks, we're wanting to focus on living in the presence of God. It should be fun. So, we're going to read from the Bible. Everybody's shocked by that, I know. Genesis chapter 1. So it's the beginning of the Bible. If you have a Bible, it's like really, it's, way, it's there. Like way at the front. Genesis Chapter 1, starting in verse 26. We're going to read a couple verses here. We'll bounce around a little bit. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, I think this is, a, this is another pretty crucial point. Regardless of what you believe, God created you. That's a big deal. Because newsflash, he didn't have to. This isn't a scene in Jerry Maguire. We do not complete God. Two people are old enough to get that. Thank you. I appreciate you. There's free coffee for you. We, we don't complete God. God didn't need us. We don't bring anything to the table for God. See, God created us because he loves us. Because he wanted us. Not because he needed to. And that right there should be clue enough, should be info enough for us to recognize that our true place of dwelling, our place where we can feel at most like home, is in the presence of God. Because he created us on purpose for a purpose. When he didn't have to. That was his plan, but he, doesn't, he didn't need us. He wanted us. I think that makes a difference. 
think that recognition makes a difference. Now, some of you might be wrestling with whatever experiences you've had in the past of who you think God may be. Right, of how you have had God presented to you or how you've experienced interactions with authority can actually set up for you who you believe God to be. Maybe for some of us in the room, God's the angry man up in the sky just waiting to catch us doing something wrong so he can zap us or turn us into a pillar of salt or whatever horrible thing that you can think of. And I'm sorry if that's your experience, but that is not who our God is. And we'll see that in the next passage we're going to read. So we're going to go to chapter 2, uh, verses 15, 15 and 16, 15 to 18. What are we doing? 15 to 18. All right. So the Lord God took, took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So this is interesting. So God created created man and woman, he created Adam and Eve, and actually in, the, in chapter 2, Eve is still to come. I, I didn't want to read that part uh, quite yet. So he sets him in the Garden of Eden, which is this idyllic place. It's this spectacularly beautiful and perfect place. And these are the first words that God says to Adam. The first words that God says audibly, out loud to Adam are, you are free. Isn't that interesting? So for all of us that grew up where God was the angry old man waiting to catch us doing something bad, telling him, get off my lawn. For all of us that grew up like that, God's first words to his creation That he said out louder, you are free. Isn't that interesting? You are free to eat from any tree in the garden except for one. So God created this perfect Paradise, and he says to the man, You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, save one. So God set us up in freedom and then gave us boundaries, right? Boundaries. We have boundaries in everything that we do, don't we? Yeah? You have boundaries at your home, yes? So you have boundaries in personal relationships, and you have practical boundaries of where your property lines are, right? Those are all, those are some of the boundaries we have. We have boundaries in society. We have things that we can do and things that we cannot do, yes? And that is on purpose, right? Not because 
No one wants us to have fun, but because within boundaries is when we can be the most free. Within boundaries is where we can be the most free. If you've ever had the opportunity to, to raise a child or even watch a child when a child is really young, like this, you know, they're, they're 15 months old, they can walk-ish, right? You know the 15, 15-month-old walk? You feel me? What do they want? What are they looking for? They're looking for the boundaries. And do your children push the boundaries? Yes, that does not stop at 16 months old, FYI. For any of you who aren't there yet, the boundaries are continued to be pushed. Why are they looking for the boundaries? Because the boundaries prove that we love them. The boundaries prove that we know what will keep them safe and free. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, provided freedom and boundaries. Isn't that beautiful? I think it's spectacular. The next part we're going to read is from chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? Isn't that cool? Did you hear it? God was just walking in the garden. And the man and his wife could hear God walking in the garden. Can you imagine? Dwelling with the Lord so intimately, you can hear his footsteps on green grass. The man and his wife heard the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That's how close they were living. That's how closely they were relating was that they could hear his footsteps. Now it says that they hid from God. And we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about the sin problem uh, that had just occurred right before I read uh, that part, the sin problem that had just occurred. But what happened was The man and his wife realized they were naked. 
And they did not want to be naked in front of God. So they hid. So the relationship that we are supposed to have with God is one of intimacy and vulnerability. We need to be vulnerable before God. Which is pretty funny because God already knows. The exercise in vulnerability isn't for God. It's for you. It's for me. Because God already knows. God asks a question he already knows the answer to. Has anybody ever done that before? You come into the kitchen and there's an absolute disaster with Kraft macaroni and cheese. What's the first question you ask? Who did this? How many of us know the answer to the question before we ask? All the parents. Thank you. God knew where they were. God knew what they had done. What's the key? He was still looking for them. God knew that they had already sinned. He knew that they had already eaten. From the tree, he said no to. And he still was pursuing them. How does that compute with your big, angry, mean God? Doesn't that seem a little bit at odds? That can mean for you is regardless of where you are, regardless of what you have done, regardless of what sin past you have in your life, I can promise you one thing, God is pursuing you. And his ask of you is big. His ask of you is big. But something that, something that I hope you realize is clear. If you feel far from God, he hasn't gone anywhere. If you feel far from God, it's you that's moved. It's you that's trying to hide. It's you that's thinking that you can seek shelter, right? Hope he doesn't see me here. It's like the, I don't, you have to be a certain age to do this. Who did the Cold War drills for nuclear attack where they told you to cover your head and get under your desk at school? Those were helpful. That's what hiding from God is like. He just looks at us with compassion and be like, good hiding spot, buddy. God is looking for one thing from us, and that's vulnerability. That's everybody's favorite word, isn't it? Being vulnerable. Yeah, no. 
I'd guess no. Hey, did anybody know I might be outing some, something here? Did you guys know that in our area, in our region, that we're, we're fairly stoic? You know what stoic means? Everything is fine. Sir, you're on fire. I said everything is fine. Nothing's ever wrong. How's it going? Good, good, great, grand. You? Vulnerability is not in our vocabulary, if we're honest. But it's what God asks of us. Now, David in the Psalms, he wrote this. It's really, really, really good. I'm just going to quickly hit this. 27, Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. From the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Here's what we get wrong. When we mess up, when we mess up, our reaction is to hide from God. Right? That's what I tried to do. David's psalm, what God wants for us, is not to hide from him, but to hide in him. Hide in his shelter, to hide in his temple, to hide in his refuge. That's what God wants for us. But to be able to do that, right, to be able to hide in God, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to say, God, this is how I screwed up. And God can say, I know, come here, I got you. Vulnerability isn't easy. But it's what he wants for us. Because he knows that puts us in the greatest position. To dwell with him. Why do families work? Families work when we can be vulnerable with each other. We, we can be honest about how we feel, what we're experiencing. God's asking us to trust him, to be vulnerable, and to not hide from him, but to hide in him. We have, we have an opportunity this week, right, to see is there something that we can do that is going to put us in a position, put us in the position to receive the gift that we've been already given, right, this gift of grace, 
That means that we can dwell in the house of the Lord, we can dwell with God. We can just experience his presence. So my question is, is what can you do? What will you do to prepare yourself to make that possible? Hence, it starts with a V and it rhymes with vulnerable. <laughs> I'm not sure vulnerable is a word. I'm not asking you to be vulnerable with me, I'm asking you to be vulnerable with God. This should be easier than it is, he already knows. This week. If that's confession for you, if that's maybe saying, God, I can't do this on my own, if that's I feel overwhelmed and surrounded, I don't know what it is for you. Can you just be honest with God this week? It'll be unbelievable how much peace you feel when you're able to do that. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.